Good morning. I greet y'all in the name of Christ. We've been asked, uh, Clint would like the reading of 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter 1. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them, which ha- them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God, and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust, and beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you, and abound, they make you that ye shall neither 
be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather, rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. For so the, an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Wherefore, I will not be negligent, negligent to put you away in the remembrance of these things, though you know them and be established in the present truth. Yea, I think it meet as long as I am in tabern this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you in remembrance, knowing that, the sh that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ hath showed me. Moreover, I will endeavor that ye may be able, after my decease, to have these things always in remembrance. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory, and when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed, as unto the light that, sinneth, that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn, and the day star arise in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved of the Holy Ghost. Second Peter chapter 1. We're just going to be short this morning. Um, if there's any prayer requests, we'd like to go ahead and take those now before we go to prayer. And Jeff, I'm calling you. To, Jeff, I'm calling you to pray. So, any, any prayer requests for the Hondurans or for well, Brad and Crystal?
Carter Edgecombe. And Gordon Ruth lost her father, so Gordon and Ruth for working through that. For who? Dallas and Terry. Oh, for Dallas and Terry. He has cancer. Any others? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning and we just stand in awe of your majesty. We stand in awe of your glory. Stand in awe of who you are. And Lord, it's only by the blood of Jesus Christ that we can approach you to come before your presence with open hands and open hearts, to lift up prayers to you, Lord, to seek wisdom from you, Lord, direction comfort, peace, and the everlasting presence of your spirit in this place, Lord. <clears throat> we are so thankful that we can gather together. And Lord, just our mind just keeps reflecting back over the last few weeks of just your awesomeness and being thankful and just all the blessings, Lord, that we have experienced. And <clears throat> we're just so thankful, Lord, that you have provided a way, and you have given us this opportunity to worship again today, to bring our praise to you, and to worship you. We're so thankful for each one here. We're thankful, Lord, that we can come and not have hindrances, that we can come peacefully. And Lord, sometimes we, we grumble because we got to get up and go to church, and Lord, Shame on us. There are so many people that are hungry and starving for your word and in different places all over this world, Lord, that just need you and would love to worship you in this capacity. Lord, help our hearts to be thankful. Cleanse us from our selfish ways. Purify our hearts. And as we leave the time of thanksgiving and enter into the birth of Jesus Christ this Christmas season, Lord, make it real to us how special and precious this time is. Help us, Lord, not to get bogged down with things, activities, and even though they're good, Lord, but just help us not to lose sight of the birth of Jesus. And we just look forward to that time. Lord, there are so many prayer requests this morning, and, and I'm thinking about Manuel, his, his son, being trying to uh, heal from a gunshot room. Lord, we don't know what that's like, but Lord, we know that 
you as a great physician can touch him and heal him, and we just pray mightily for them. And we pray for Brad and Crystal and their family and all the missionaries that are there. May this little time of uh, a boost in their life give them hope and just continue to encourage their spirits. I think about Dallas and Terry. Dallas is going through, Lord, just pray mightily for his spirit to be calmed and be with their family as they go through the trials of, of cancer and just, just be with them and watch over them and bless them. For Ruth and the loss that they have, Gordon and Ruth, their family, just comfort them as only you can comfort, Lord. And I know there's more that Carter... Um, there's just needs all over. I just pray now that you would just lift up Clem as his heart has been prepared to deliver your message. I just pray, mighty Lord, that you give him peace and a good memory. And that he would freely proclaim the message that you have given him today. Lord, we're so thankful for families. Thank you for each one here. Lord, we just pray for this country. We pray for the leadership. Even though it's hard to pray, Lord, we know you are in control. And we just pray mightily that they will continue and somehow seek your will. Increase our faith each day, Lord. Forgive us of our sins. Lord, we just pray this, and we just love you, and we pray this all in Jesus' name.
separate reports to share with you. One is uh, from Leadership Conference, which was two weeks ago, and one is from the brothers who just returned from Honduras. Um, they won't be anything in very great detail, but we will have time for them to share on those events. So, your Bibles perhaps are still open to 2 Peter chapter 1. That's where we will be this morning. If they're not, you can turn there. I want to reread verses 12 through 15. These will be the verses that we will spend our time on this morning. I'm going to read them in the message here as we begin. Because the stakes are so high, even though you're up to date on all this truth and practice it inside and out, I'm not going to let up for a minute in calling you to attention before it. This is the post to which I've been assigned, keeping you alert with frequent reminders. And I'm sticking to it as long as I live. I know that I'm to die soon. The master has made that quite clear to me. And so I'm especially eager that you have all this down in black and white so that after I die, you'll have it ready for reference. Peter here is writing to this people and he's reminding them. And he uses that word multiple times here. The topic of our message this morning, the title, is Memory Loss. Memory Loss. That's something that I realize impacts some of our lives more than others, probably, but I believe that all of us can relate to this idea of forgetting something, not remembering things that we should I think that this is something that's continuing to grow. Videos and social media are, are expanding this problem. Research shows that heavy social media use is linked with memory deficits, especially in your transactive memory. This kind of memory involves deciding what information is important enough to store in your brain and what information can be outsourced. Social media's central feature, the sharing and storing of your experiences, may actually be altering which memories you keep and which ones you don't. In one study, the participants were asked to record an experience <clears throat> using social media, and other groups were asked to simply experience the event without recording it. At the end of the study, those who had recorded or shared the event performed worse and showed more of a memory deficit than those who experienced the event without recording it. Externalizing an experience worsened participants' memory because their brain received the message that it didn't need to hold on to information that was stored elsewhere. Consequently, not only did the individuals lose some memory of the, their original experience, but they may also experience longer-term deficits in the size and function of their brain. It's not just social media, although I think it's making a bigger problem, but memory loss is a human condition from the beginning. To help us all relate, have you ever been driving along, heading somewhere, and you realize that you completely missed your road, you missed your turn? You knew where you were going. You knew how to get there. 
but right now you're headed somewhere that wasn't what you were planning on going. I think a lot of us can relate to that. Have you ever told someone you would do something and then you didn't do it? I'm, I'm just going to, you know, I've got bad genes. I've got, I've got grandparents with dementia, and, and it's not a matter of if I tell my wife, it's when. So y'all can be on the lookout. But I had someone, uh, I was pulled, earlier this fall was during, at the beginning of harvest. I had pulled out. I was heading to the field, and someone had been coming down the road, and I saw him turn into my lane. So I didn't recognize the vehicle, and I thought, well, I better back up and see what they need. And so I backed up there, and it was a, a gentleman who was seeing a neighbor lady of ours whose husband had died a while back, and... and um, they were needing some help moving some trees that were on their property with the backhoe. I was busy, but I said, well, I could try to be over there before 8 tomorrow morning. And he said he would try to be there. It was over a month later before I ever remembered. I never went. Just completely slipped my mind. And that was, that's like one of the worst things I, I think I've ever done as far as just never even entered my mind for an entire month. Um, but, but we have these things. Many of us do have these times. We go to the grocery and we get, we're going to get things and you get home, maybe you've forgotten three or four things that you really needed if you didn't make a list. Um, oftentimes when I take tools to the field, I, I'll forget a certain wrench or I'll forget to bring oil or a bolt or whatever it is. And it just seems like that I need a lot of reminders. <clears throat> We're forgetful people. We forget each other's names. We forget so many things. But how often do we forget God? I think we can recognize we're forgetful people. How does that affect us spiritually? And what steps can we take to maintain our mental capacity of God's call to holy living? Let's look here at this 12th verse. I I kind of wrote it down just in my own words. I I felt like some of these words were a little hard to understand. I just wrote it down like this. I'm going to always be sure that you remember these things, though you know them. And even though you're doing them, you're living the truth that you know to live. Peter's saying here, I'm going to continue to remind you, even though it's something you know. Acquired knowledge needs regular review so that it remains clear. Think about the things that you've learned in your life, if you're my age or older, think about when you went to school. And all of the things that you learned, and, and you knew them. But as I think back on history and the, the history lessons that I, I learned or the research reports that I did on Ulysses S. Grant or Winston Churchill, and, and I don't remember much about them. I just don't. I knew it all then. I gave a written report, I gave an oral report, I, and, and I could just, I knew a lot of details about those lives and those certain events in history, and today I, I just couldn't tell you much. I've not 
remembered, I've not reviewed, and, and it's, it's gone. As I look at my children's algebra, I could do it at one time, but today I cannot solve those problems. I don't remember how. My daughter Camille, she used to know an entire language that today she can't remember one word of because she's not been reminded. And so are so many things. The, the importance of being reminded. Sometimes we get tired of being reminded of things, don't we? Sometimes we think maybe we hear things too often. Maybe you think that some of the some topics or some things just get brought up too often here in in sermons. And yet it's vital that we be reminded. He says here, he says, I want to put you in remembrance of these things. And we talked about that last time we spoke. These things being the things there earlier in chapter 1 where he speaks of faith and he speaks of grace and peace and God's divine power that gives us everything we need to live godly and the exceeding great and precious promises. And then he goes into these things of virtue and knowledge and temperance and patience, godliness, brotherly kindness, charity. Peter says, I know you know this. And I know you're living truth, but I'm not going to stop reminding you. Because he knew that people easily forget. He says in verse 13, But I think it right as long as I am in this earthly body to stir you up by causing you to remember. Bringing up memories can be a great way to stir people up, can it? For good or for bad. Spurgeon comments, When people are as they should be, it is worthwhile to stir them up. You do not want to stir up dirty water, but you may stir that which is pure and sweet as much as ever you like. A good fire sometimes becomes a better one by a little stirring up. And I see a lot of little fires here today. And my prayer is that through this message that it can be stirred up and become a better fire. As Spurgeon said, through remembering the promises of God. Peter says over here in chapter 3, he says, I'm writing to you to stir up your minds, by, your pure minds, by way of remembrance, that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles, and our Lord and Savior. He's speaking to people, he says, with pure minds. These were believers but that doesn't mean we don't need to be reminded of the truth if we don't have ourselves each other to remind ourselves of God and what he's done and what he's doing we may find ourselves like Psalm 78 and those people who who were delivered from Egypt and yet it says they forgot God doing that and it goes on there and it says that it, they limited the Holy One of Israel. They limited God in their lives when they forgot Him. Our memory loss is common to man. We can see it throughout the Old Testament. 
You can find it in Judges chapter 8. Even before the time of the kings, you can see it over and over again in the kings. You've got a king who, who raises up a standard and who leads the people in the ways of God and, and just his son. And just a few generations later, they, they forget what God has done. And, and it's easy for us to read the Old Testament with the attitude that I wouldn't do that. Like, I, I'm better than that. I, I must be. I mean, I haven't forgot God like they have. And yet we're in our, our little space of time. And we've got to realize that the number of years that are being covered here in the Old Testament are, are greater than what our, most of our lifetimes have been. And, and just to realize that as generations pass, if we are not reminding each other, reminding our children of what God has done, that we're going to end up the same way that they did. Judges 8, 33-35, it came to pass as soon as Gideon was dead that the children of Israel turned again and went a-whoring after Balaam and made Baal Bareth their God. And the children of Israel remembered not the Lord their God who had delivered them out of the hands of all their enemies on every side. Very quickly they did forget. Neither showed they kindness to the house of Jeroboam, namely Gideon, according to the goodness which he had showed unto Israel. You know, and and I can read that and I can say those people are crazy to turn away from God and to go right back to where they were before. I mean, that was a terrible life as they were just constantly plagued by their enemies. You know, it's, it's so easy to read history and it's so hard to live it. The day by day, because we see, we read History, hindsight is twenty twenty. We can see those decisions that were made back then had such a great impact. But today, as we live in the day-to-day and we make those, sometimes they seem to be small decisions. And yet they create our history. And they lead us on a path that in the moment is some, can be difficult to see. It's so much easier to read history than to live it. In Psalms 106, we read about the time that God saved His people when they were trapped there at the Red Sea. And He made a way where there was no way. They had no way out. And He opened the water, allowed them to cross to the other side, and they stood there and they watched as their enemy disappeared behind them. What a powerful thing, and how could you ever forget a scene like that? And it says there in Psalms that they believed his word and they sang his praise. The very next verse, in verse 13, it says they soon forgot his work. They waited not for his counsel. They lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tempted God in the desert. And he gave them their request, but sent leanness unto their soul. Do we have any... Lean souls here this morning. Could it be that we have forgotten what God has done in our life? Do we need to remember how He's worked in our life? I believe that when we do that, when we remember that, when we recognize that, when we are 
are believing his word and praising him for what he's done, our souls will be filled, our souls will be enriched, and they will not be lean. Deuteronomy chapter 4. There's, there's several verses here, and they're a little hard to understand, so I don't think I'm going to read them all. I'm going to read verse 4 and verse 9. Uh, the, the ones in between just get a little, uh, a little confusing, it seemed to me, as I read through them to try to share with you all. But you can turn there if you want. But verse 4 says that you did cleave unto the Lord your God and are alive, every one of you, to this day. So these were people that were cleaving to God. They were seeking God. They were believing God. And then in verse 9, he says, Only take heed to yourself and keep your soul diligently, lest you forget the things which your eyes have seen, and lest they depart from thy heart all the days of thy life. But teach them to thy sons and thy sons' sons. It's a warning here that you not forget the, the things that, that you've just experienced that had just happened here. Um, and he uses the word diligently, which Peter has used twice already in this chapter. In verse 5 and verse 10 of 2 Peter 1, Peter uses this word diligently. <clears throat> Lest thou forget the things which your eyes have seen. God knew that we were forgetful people. He knew that we would have memory loss. And he told his people over and over, don't forget. Something that sticks out to me is, is how many times in Scripture, there's, there's multiple times where it speaks of, of telling your children and your children's children, your children and your grandchildren, the importance of, of passing on what your eyes have seen, what God has done. Are we doing that well? Are we sharing our testimony of what God has done in our life with our children and our grandchildren? Do you yourself remember the things that God has done? If we're not remembering them, if we're not believing and praising him for them, we're not passing them on to our children for sure. Not talking about teaching our children the things that, the way that we do things here at Cornerstone or the way that we do things in our family. Teaching them the things that our eyes have seen God do, like Deuteronomy 4 9 says. Think with me about a time in your life when you saw God work in a powerful way. A time when you had to cry out to God because maybe your health was failing and you needed a miracle. A time when you cried out to God for deliverance because you were living in bondage. When you cried out to God because you were lost and you didn't know which way to turn. You didn't know what path to take. I don't know what it's been in your life, but I know that you've had times where you've cried out to God when you were lonely, when you were struggling, 
I know there are those of you here who have experienced great hardship and pain and loss. And through it all, God has heard your cry, and you're here today. And He's made a way where there was no way. He made a way through an impossible situation. I just want you to go back there. Yes, this morning briefly, but this week. I want you to go back there. I want you to remember what God did for you in those times. I want you to believe His Word and that He can do that today. And I want you to praise Him just like the Word said that the the, the children of Israel did. And share it with someone. Share it with your family. Do you remember that time when I was so sick and there was no hope? And the doctor said nothing was going to get better. And we needed a miracle and we prayed for a miracle and suddenly I was healed. God did a miracle. Praise Him. Share that with your family, whatever it is in your life. Remember that time. When I was living in defeat, I was in bondage and I couldn't talk to you. I couldn't talk to, to others because of my guilt and my shame. Do you remember that? God freed me from that awful place. Or maybe you can tell someone that never knew about this. He pulled me up out of that miry pit and he set my feet upon a rock and he established my goings. He put a new song in my heart and and today our relationship is healed and today I am free. God worked a miracle. Did you know what God did in my life? Tell your people in your life. Some of you need to tell your children those stories because maybe your children are right there today and they need to hear about the power and the faithfulness of God. They need hope. All of us have, in a sense, stood in a fiery furnace or in a lion's den in an impossible situation, and God has made a way. We're here today. Do we praise Him? Do we remember His works? Because I don't want to say that you didn't learn. I don't want to say that you don't remember. We do. But There are so many times when I forget the faithfulness of God in the past and when I face the new challenges today, when I face the new injustices of the day, the new pains of today, the hardships of today, the hurts, the present struggles, my faith wavers and I easily forget that He is able and that it's not going to be on my strength that I find a way through. It's going to be from trusting Him. As the days go by, if we are not being reminded of the faithfulness of God, so often we tend to forget what God has done, where we've been, and where God has brought us from. And I believe that we easily find ourselves forgetting His Word Forgetting his call to holiness, and we find ourselves 
with memory loss, it's not just you, it's not just us. It's a human thing. God knows it. God realizes that's why he, he calls us in the scriptures to not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, it says. The importance of fellowship, of having each other to remind us, as Peter says, to stir us up. In Joshua 3, we read of an amazing miracle where God performed, that God performed for His people as he, he caused the Jordan River to stop flowing so that they could cross on dry ground. And He instructed them to take a stone and to build a memorial. And a man from each tribe took a stone and they set up a memorial to remember what God had accomplished that day. And He gives us these memorials through Scripture. Ways to remember Him. That was the purpose of the Passover. To remember what God had done for His children. For us today, Luke twenty two nineteen, And He took bread and gave thanks and break it and gave it to them, saying, This is My body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of Me. Communion today we have as a reminder. We do it to remember God. To remember what He's done for us. Our baptisms. Or something that He gives us to remember Him. To remember our commitment. I just want to encourage us today to think back on the things in our life that we need to, to create a pile of stones perhaps. We need to create a memorial. We need to constantly tell our children what God did for us. What our eyes have seen God do. Psalm 77, 12, I will meditate also of thy words and talk of thy doings. Tell people about God's doings. And I believe this memory loss is a big reason why God calls us to live in community. And why the Bible so many times speaks of the importance of fellowship. I, I have acquaintances who have somewhat isolated themselves in life. They would say they follow God, but they have not surrounded themselves with believers. And as I speak with them, and as I see them live, I see families who have forgotten the things of God. And, and I just realize the importance of engaging with other believers. To remind us, to stir us up, to spur us on in the things of God, because we do. We tend to forget. As difficult as relationships are, as hard as they are to work through sometimes, as disagreements come and other people's opinions differ from ours, it can be difficult. But it's always worth it. And it's so often those godly relationships, in those godly relationships, we find reminders that we need for life. So I hope that this message this morning encourages you in your faith community. Encourages you to get connected and to stay connected. To realize that it's important 
to dive in, to be involved. It will be a blessing not just to you, but to your children and to your grandchildren. Don't stop whatever interaction you have with believers. Do it more and more as you see the day approaching, the Word says. And I'm not saying that church has to look like what we do here at Cornerstone. I don't think that we've necessarily got it all right. But that we not forsake the assembling of ourselves together with believers. Fellowship is extremely healthy and we need people around us to take us to God's Word. If we don't build memorials, if we don't tell our children over and over and over again, why would we expect anything different than what we read about in the Old Testament for our children? These things were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. The Bible says we can learn from these things. And perhaps one of the greatest things that we have for remembering is in John 14, 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Am I allowing the Holy Ghost to speak in my life? Am I listening for it? Am I seeking its counsel? We'll finish up here with these last two verses. Verse 14, knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. Peter knew that he didn't have long to live. I'm not trying to be disrespectful in any way here, but we have some Peters among us. There's some of you here that don't have a lot of years left. Will you take up the challenge of Peter to stir us up, to stoke the fires of the young, to cause us to remember the things of God? Continue to point us to truth over and over and over, even when we know it. Maybe we're even living it, but we need to be reminded so that we never forget. Moreover, verse 15, Moreover, I will endeavor that ye may be able after my decease to have these things always in remembrance. Peter says, You don't have to have me to live godly. You don't even have to remember me to live godly. But you have to have the truth. You have to remember the truth. You have to have God, and you've got to remember God. That is the most important thing. Let's work together to combat memory loss on a spiritual level. Let's pray.